episode 895. The weather was sloppy in Washington. The Packers were sloppy in Washington. The officiating was arguably sloppy in Washington. The politics are sloppy in Washington. Are things going to get cleaned up? We'll find out. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Good evening, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central on CheeseheadTV.com. We're coming to you live from Wisconsin's capital city in Madison here at Beer Rock Bar and Restaurant. I'm your host, Brian Carvu, and joined by my co-host to my left, Ben Hofferman. Ben, how you doing today? I'm spitting mad. Hitting mad. Are we supposed to? We have to fix Washington too. <laughs> I mean, I don't have the answers for the Packers, and now we got to fix our own government. Oh. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll avoid that as much as possible. All right, things are looking up. All right, things already got better. Yeah. All right, let's get to this. The Green Bay Packers lost a sloppy 31 to seven. Slop fest to the Washington racial slurs this past Sunday. Your general takeaways, big ticket items from a loss. Well, there's, I mean, the one big ticket item is everyone's preoccupation with the uh, roughing the passer rule. But the, the, I think the main takeaway is we're not a very good team. That was a painful game to watch. I, I don't know why, but I watched it three times trying to decipher some sort of code in the chicken intestines. There's nothing there. It was ugly. Everyone played pretty poorly. I I guess we'll get to this over the rest of the episode, but can this team become better yet over the course of the season? I mean, we're youthful, so yeah, I mean, there's there's room for improvement, but it's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly for a few weeks, at least. Even against the Bills? Yeah, oh, well, I, I, am, I am worried. We'll get to that later. We'll Let's take it one to... step at a time. Everyone is waiting for us to, to chime in on this roughing the passer. Yeah, I, I mean, we, we got to start with that just because it's, it's the, you know, second consecutive week now that this has been a primary topic of conversation among Packers fans. Is this going to get any better anytime soon? Well, I think I figured it out, actually. I, I, I watched a lot of games. I started this free trial on NFL uh, so I can watch, you know, all the, re- the replays. And I, and I saw like 15, 16 roughing the passer penalties, and I think I figured it out. You, get, you come in, you keep your head up, you wrap your arms around the man, and then you begin a six-hour sting-level mantric copulation, as slow and patient as an elephant. You swaddle the man, then you, you bed him in a culvert of beetroot tortellino and sprinkle him in a white wine reduction. And at that point, I mean, would it hurt to, to play him properly with a sprig or two of something green? Yeah. But that's, that's the trick. <laughs> that's how you have to tackle a quarterback nowadays. That, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's what they're teaching the kids out there. Yeah. I saw them out in the field over here at Warner Park. <laughs> These kids are covered in beetroot tortellino. <laughs> I did see a good article published by Cheesehead TV's own Aaron Nagler. Uh, intimating that the NFL is going to take a look at this and and probably actually move a little bit faster on this rule change than they did for things like 
the catch rule or the celebration rule. Can, can you believe that the NFL can move faster than the snail, a snail's pace on I, something like this? I didn't until I heard Troy Aikman actually on cork on the rule. And uh, as big of a blowhard as he is, there's no better poster boy for head trauma this side of Andy Rooney than Troy Aikman. And, I mean, if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are complaining there's a draft in the building, you might want to check it out. So, yeah, I believe they're going to they're gonna step it up a little. Yeah, I, I do think that the NFL could suffer rather heavily from this if, if things were just to go unchanged and they would just continue down this road. I, you know, we, we kind of started to see maybe the growth of the game get slower last year. I think it was still growing, but, you know, people are just getting mad about all sorts of things, uh, it, it, kneeling included in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, but this this may put people over the edge if they were to continue down that road. We talked about a lot about this last week as well, so we'll move on here. Um, let's get to our weekly chips report. Your blue chips, your red chips, your cow chips from the Packers' loss to Washington. The blue chip players, the best of the best. We're going to start with running back Aaron Jones, the second-year player coming off his two-game suspension. He looked good. I'm not sure if anybody else in green and gold looked good, but he sure did this past Sunday. He's shifty. He's quick. Unfortunately, we weren't able to run the ball for very long. I mean, you can't really run the ball when you're down 21-3 or whatever we got down in a hurry. So, But, yeah, he looks good. I mean, there's definitely uh, something to be uh, looking forward to in that regard. Yeah, I, I saw a lot of people complaining like, well, you didn't touch the ball enough. And I guess I do get it for this one game against Washington. Aaron Jones was injured in the preseason, didn't play in three preseason games, was suspended for the first two regular season games. And it's not like the other running backs ahead of him on the depth chart, Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery, have been playing poorly. They actually have looked competent maybe not great by any means but I understood why maybe he didn't you know that they took their time with Aaron Jones kind of acclimating him back in kind of uh watching his snap count things like that but but I think from here forward there's no excuse to not give Aaron Jones the bulk of the carries right yeah I agree I agree yeah your other blue chip player the best players on the field for the Green Bay Packers defensive lineman Kenny Clark and and if I could just a second here kind of read his stat line from the game oh yeah Uh, Kenny Clark had a career high nine tackles this game and also got his hands up to uh, bat down a pass uh, from Alex Smith uh, of Washington Uh, he he was consistently you know, maybe not stuffing Adrian Peterson behind the line of scrimmage, but for short gains and just very active along the defensive line. If we could just uh, get the other team to mistakenly run towards him every play, then we're, we'd be doing good. He's, he's the one bright spot on the defense right now for sure. He's played, he's played well for three weeks. Um, first time he's getting a blue chip, but he's, he's been in contention every week here. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's certainly played all good all season long, um, no doubt about that. All right, so from your blue chips to your red chips, the good, maybe not great players. I'm giving this one to Aaron Rodgers, but we're showing that he's human here, and, and I know this, this was probably his worst game of the season. His worst is still better than a lot of people's best, and you know, he, he didn't do great by any means, and I guess that's why he's not in the blue chip category. Um, but, you, you know, he just 
A lot of passes were short dump-offs and things like that, and with the exception of the, the one long touchdown pass, there weren't a heck of a lot of other long ones on top of that. But, I mean, he protected the ball, no interceptions, and once again, he was not the problem. Uh, he, he maybe wasn't the solution, right. but he wasn't the problem this past Sunday. I, this just shows you how poor the Packers played this week, that the red chip level category here is just people that didn't screw up really bad. Like, because... <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, I counted five passes that he 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 was off on. Like yeah. it was his his error. One of them was in the end zone, um, and he made a couple mistakes outside of that. So I mean, I don't think he played well. That this is this is kind of like trying to find uh, your next spouse by going to a Guar concert and finding the person who's covered the least in spew. Like you, yeah, he's got the least amount of fake vomit on him, so I'm gonna take him home to, to home, to, home to meet mom and dad. Like that's that's how bad this game was. <laughs> Your other red chip player, and I, I, again here it's another indictment that this player had two catches during the game, and and you would think that maybe your red chip type of player has has a little more than two catches, but we won't hold that against Geronimo Allison. He had two catches for 76 yards. Of course, the one being absolutely huge, the 64-yard touchdown toss from Aaron Rodgers to Geronimo Allison, found the end zone. Uh, he was targeted four times on the day, ended up with an average of uh, 38 yards per catch, but that also did include a nice uh, third-down conversion earlier in the game as well. Uh, not a lot to complain about uh, no, from Geronimo Allison. He had that one bad holding penalty okay. late in the fourth, but, I mean, everyone screwed up on that, on that possession. That was a... Uh, Oh, that was our night in a nutshell, that possession. Anyway, yeah, Geronimo Allison, he's looking good this year. He seems to be the person that you feel like is going to step up and be that guy in the future who's going to be the main receiver, and we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, he's looking good. Yeah, looking really good. I, I think he's, he's quick. Res- he's got that, that burst of speed that we're, we're used to having. If I'm correct, I think we gave him a blue chip or a red chip every game so far through the first three games. I, I had, to, had you told me that before the season started, I would have said, no way. Uh, not that I was expecting bad things from him, but just not the level of play we've seen so far, which is really good for, for the Packers, uh, in essence, their third wide receiver. Uh, all right, your cow chip players, the worst of the worst, who looked the poorest this particular game. We are starting with outside linebacker Nick Perry, who, yeah, he had a couple tackles in the game, but there were many, many instances of him getting washed out play after play and a guy who's just providing no pass rush whatsoever for a team that desperately needs pass rush. Oh, do we need help. I I never noted him while I watched the game. I watched it three times. I made notes of positive and negative plays. I never even, like, he didn't even register. Yeah. He's non-existent. Just invisible out there. Yeah. I'm surprised you found him. <laughs> that's, that's why you've been doing this 800 and some times, and I've been doing it three times. I didn't even find him. <laughs> We're still looking for Nick Perry. Oh, we, are we limited to two cow chips this week? <laughs> yeah, that, there are no shortage of uh, uh, players uh, who could fall into that category. But the other one, we, we only do two in every category, so we limit ourselves. We got to. The refs. Yeah, I mean, they, they could get it for another uh, roughing the passer call against Clay Matthews. But your other official cow chip player goes to tight end Lance Kedricks. And he, of course, had the drop right between his, his hands, right between his numbers. 
at a critical time in the fourth quarter when the Packers were trying to come back and it was pretty deep down the field. It would have been far beyond a first down. Uh, and But beyond that, uh, I mean, what has Lance Kendricks added to this team so far this year? I'll, I'll oh, even throw last year into you're gonna, it. And you're, gonna, you're probably going to blame the state of Washington on him, the, the, <laughs> our government. You're going to blame him for that too. Come on. I yeah, he, he played poorly. He had that terrible drop. But I actually would have gone with Randall Cobb. He had two drops that ended drives. He, there's a, a fourth down that was bad. Yes. And then a, a, it's our second possession ended because he dropped one. But hey, you know what? Lay, on, lay into Lance Kendrick some more. Come on, give us the hot take. <laughs> Let him have it. Uh, that's all I got. Oh, I mean, come on, he, Alex Jones him. He was so bad that they wouldn't throw the ball to him. So, yeah, um, that's true. Uh, yeah, Randall Cobb did not look good. I, I guess the only reason – he avoided it is because he did have four receptions and did some good right. things when yeah. he had the ball. But, yeah, the two drops in particular were good. I mean, Randall Cobb had – He had that bad fumble, too. Here, here we go. Out targeted 11 times and only four catches. Oh, my so God. That's seven times he didn't catch the this ball. This is why I went to the to shed ball. and got my pitchfork. This was a bad game. <laughs> bad game. Dishonorable mention, dude, long snapper Hunter oh, Bradley, too. Yeah, he played more – I mean – that that guy better watch himself because they'll they'll probably give him the benefit of the doubt being a rookie being a, a, oh. on the road in, in bad weather. But how long there's it, <laughs> they're not going to give him too many more mulligans. How long did it take him to fire that kicker in Minnesota? Oh my goodness! <laughs> I don't even think they'd have let him on the bus. Yeah, so. he's still hitching a ride back across the state here. <laughs> still walking. All right, there is your uh, chips report for a Packers loss to Washington. Right now, we're going to take a break, and uh, when we come back, we're going to talk to Jack Wepfer of the Packers Wire. But first, tonight's episode is unsurprisingly sponsored by Beer Rock, where you, uh, you want to be the next two Friday nights. On Friday, September 28th, it's Pint Night featuring Three Sheeps Brewing Company. Customers buying a pour of Three Sheeps beer and a beer rock get to take home a Three Sheeps branded pint glass. Then on Friday, October 5th at Beer Rock, it's Oktoberfest featuring Potosi Brewing Company. With every glass of Potosi sold, one in four of them will be a winner. We're giving away t-shirts, glassware, gift certificates, and a whole lot more. Plus, we're debuting pretzels on the Beer Rock menu. You were planning on eating and drinking on Friday anyway, right? So come do it at Beer Rock and come away rewarded. This upcoming, well, next two Friday nights. All right, we'll take a break here, and when we come back, we're going to get Jack Wepfer of the Packers Wire of the USA Today Network on the phone. We'll be right back. Railbird Central is back from break, and right now we've got joining us on the phone, we've got Jack Wepfer of the Packers Wire, part of the USA Today Network. Jack, how are you doing today? I'm doing quite all right. How are you? Very good. We're glad to have you on the phone. There's a lot of questions I want to get to here, and we got a lot to solve with this Green Bay Packers team. Uh, tell me, Jack, uh, there are a couple positions that I'm not sure what the Packers can do to make the team better. And, and, and let's start with one of them here. Is, is there anything the Packers can do at the safety position here? Because they just look lost. 
I'm just going to say it right now because I get this on Twitter more than just about anything else, but, you know, everyone keeps asking about Eric Reed, and I think if they didn't address that in the offseason, they're not going to address it now. He's 26 years old. He has plenty of promise, but at this juncture, you know, they, they've had the opportunity. He's probably not going to cost a whole lot, and uh, I don't think they're going to do it. So I think you're, you know, your only other option at least in my mind, and, and Pete Doherty of PackersNews.com wrote about this, was signing um, or making a trade for Earl Thomas, who's quite unhappy in Seattle, but would be a tremendous turnaround from the safety position. You know, he's a true center fielder. He's a ball hawk. He shrinks throwing windows. I mean, it, talk about a turnaround. It would probably take somewhere in the, uh, the window of at least a second-round pick, I think, because... You know, if they release him, he's a top-tier free agent. They likely get a, a third-round compensatory pick by losing him to free agency anyhow. So Gutekunst would have to spend some money on it. But I just, uh, you know, I, in my opinion, it would make sense. Are they going to happen? Is it, will it happen? Probably not. But they, that would be their best option. I'm all about doing either of these things as far as I'm concerned. Now, I, I have very little confidence in either Kentrell Bryce or HaHa Clint Dix. Eric Reed makes all the sense in the world to me. He's out there on the street to be signed, and but the NFL seems to be kind of blackballing him in the same way that they are doing to Colin Kaepernick for, for what reason I can't really wrap my mind around. But he's out there eligible to be signed by any team. I, I wish they would do it. Um, the, the, I want to ask another position of you, uh, Jack, uh, outside linebacker. Can, can they go outside the organization to get reinforcements? Is that realistic at this position, or are we destined to watch Kyler Fackrell continue to get meaningful snaps? <laughs> I, it, it probably points that way, more so than safety. Uh, what are their options? Frank Zombo? You know, they could bring him back, but I, I – in terms of value, what are you getting more so above over Fackrell? A little bit, maybe. But um, you could, again, force a trade. I think Shane Ray might be an option if they are indeed interested. I think he's a free agent next year for out of Denver. And after trading for Bradley Chubb and they have Von Miller, how much do they really want to allocate to their outside linebacker slash pass rusher position? So that could be an option if they want to uh, to, to spend the money. But, you know, at a certain point, it's just it, it feels like if there's going to be a move, it probably happen at safety. That's just my my intuition. But uh, they certainly are slim. I just posted something on Packers Wire today about Perry. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that they gave him that fifty nine million dollar extension. And he's been basically he's done nothing through three weeks. He got that one sack against Trubisky in week one. Um, but other than that, you know, he is, he's, hasn't really affected the quarterback. And, you know, if I'm being honest, when you pay that money, you expect a lot more production from that position. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it really hurts the team if they're not getting that. I understand that most of our concern was that he would be injured or he'd miss games and maybe he's still coming off an injury which explains some of his lack of production. But, you know, he really needs to improve and he needs to stay healthy if this team is going to make a run because they've schemed blitz. You know, they've been really successful, especially with their rookies uh, blitzing off the edge in the slot. But they just haven't been able to, uh, to get there with the traditional four, which I think, you know, hurts in the early downs. 
Yeah, you know, coming into the season, I've always maintained that I thought Nick Perry uh, has been good when healthy, and I realize that's a, quite a big caveat there. He's, he's been injured more than his fair share, but through three games this season, and especially the last two, uh, been MIA. Um, also on the defensive side of the ball, Jack, uh, how much of a blow is it for the Packers to lose Muhammad Wilkerson uh, what looks to be for the season, I'm not sure if that's been announced officially yet, but I can't imagine him coming back after what we saw him being carted off the field in Washington. Well, if the reports are any indication, they brought in Quentin Dial uh, for a tryout. I don't know if they're going to sign him or not, but you know, reading the tea leaves, it seems like they are, in fact, concerned. The logical replacement would be James Mooney from the practice squad you know, inside the organization. Um, I, if there's one position that they can handle this or whether the storm, it seems like it would be defensive line because Kenny Clark's a stud. Mike Daniels is a stud. Dean Lowry was a nice player last year. Um, even behind him, Matravius Adams showed promise uh, in, in camp. And, you know, he might he might surprise if he gets some snaps. So bringing up a guy, you know, certainly it's not ideal that Wilkerson goes down, but injuries are going to happen. And it, and it seemed like that was one of the positions where, um, they could be okay. Speaking of injuries, uh, are the Packers screwed on the offensive line if either B- Brian Blog or Justin McCray can't play? They both suffered injuries, maybe not season-ending uh, like to Muhammad Wilkerson, but uh, it, it just worries you a little bit about the health of Aaron Rodgers if, if the right side of the offensive line is, is going to be missing. You know, it's funny that you ask me this because I remember the first time I was on uh, Railbird Central and we were talking about something pretty similarly and you asked me about Adam Hankey and I was like uh I you know what do we know about him and how is he going to handle against the the Vic Beasley's of the world and the answer was not good um you know Rogers covers up a lot but last year he didn't have the bum knee that he was dealing with early in the season when we were essentially starting multiple guards out there um, Justin McCray, that's a position you probably can handle a little bit better, though it's not ideal. But Brian Balaga, I think the drop-off between Balaga and Spriggs is quite big, and you'll have to significantly alter your game plan. You know, with that said, I think the the variance between you know playing the Atlanta Falcons with Matt Ryan and then a, a rookie quarterback with the Bills could be pretty big. So you never know how many points he'll have to put up. Maybe this is a game where McCarthy hammers home to Rodgers. Hey, we're going to run the ball. We're going to run the ball, and we're going to win that way. Um, Speaking of running the ball, um, we (laughs) talked about this earlier in the show, um, and maybe you can settle this debate here, Jack. Uh, How how much playing time does Aaron Jones get moving forward? Because – it's not as if the guys ahead of him, at least this past week ahead of him, Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery, they, that they played poorly. So, so where, where does Aaron Jones fit in the equation? I'll start by saying I am, I'm a big Ty Montgomery fan. I think he's a good athlete. I think he can be used as a weapon. And he's very fluid. Given his background as a wide receiver, I think he's very fluid catching the ball and I don't think they've I actually don't think they've used him enough you know uh motioning him out as a wide receiver and getting those one-on-ones with linebackers um Jamal Williams I think his playing time is warranted because of it you know it's excusable given how great of a pass blocker he's been I mean he stoned Anthony Barr in week two and that was really impressive given Rogers lack of mobility but it was pretty clear 
anyone who was watching the game, even if they were just merely paying attention, that Aaron Jones is by far their most explosive running back. And I think he needs to get significant touches, you know, you know, 20 touches, including, you know, both running and, and catching the football because he is a spark plug and he can take some pressure off of Rodgers, who just didn't look very good uh, last week. You know, he's missing throws, he's missing reads, and I think if he just kind of takes that burden and lets some of his playmakers make some plays, i.e., you know, give the ball to Aaron Jones a few more times, uh, they can find some success. Not every win has to be, you know, airing it out and, and, and crushing teams through the air. You know, you see the, the Patriots do that. You know, they sometimes commit to the run heavily. Um, to their own benefit. So I would like to see Aaron Jones get significantly more reps uh, in that realm of, of 20 touches. Yeah, I do wonder if this means Ty Montgomery will be seeing more time as a wide receiver or motioning out or things like that in the future to kind of create some room for Aaron Jones. Uh, finally here, Jack, before we let you go, what, what do you make of this Bills team the Packers are playing next week? You know, Two, two weeks ago, they had a player retire at halftime, and the next week they're upsetting the Vikings. What, 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 what is it with these guys? <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, you know, I, I made a joke a couple weeks ago saying, the, well, aren't the Bills a, a bye week? And then they come out and they crush the Vikings, and I have this about face. I don't even know what, how to assess it. But, you know, truthfully speaking, I, I think the, the Packers dealt a lot with you know what the Vikings did last week. Uh, I was at the game uh, against the Vikings. It was hot. Um, for those who were, you know, drinking beer, eating cheese curds, it's it's tough to just sit there on those aluminum bleachers, much less playing a game. So uh, I think playing five quarters, and you know, it was a tough divisional matchup. I I think both those teams are pretty gassed, and they were both playing those emotional letdown type games outside the division. You know, teams who seemingly shouldn't, you know, be in the ball game. Those just both felt like trap games. Uh, Minnesota's was even worse than, than the Packers against Washington. So, you know, they should have they should have played a lot better. They played a sloppy brand of football. I, I think McCarthy was right, you know, when he said they have to work on the fundamentals. But in terms of, of taking care of the Bills, they have a rookie wide receiver. We'll see. You know, we'll see how Mike Pettin does. I think he'll be able to, you know, add, add some confusion. But they're not going to be. You know that the Packers shouldn't expect to roll over this team either. They need to play a much better brand of football, something that they haven't been able to do through three weeks. You know, it's been hot and cold for them as well. So um, definitely a, a team not to uh, to look past. All right, Jack. Uh, anything we can plug at the Packers Wire, part of the USA Today Network? Do you got anything in the works? What's going to be published next? Well, I just put, I just did my two for Tuesdays where I look at a couple underrated plays and try to sort through what's happening. And, and I looked at, you know, you know, the outside linebackers crashing and uh, how they take care of their outside contain. And I also posted on Nick Perry and I might have something on Ha Ha Clinton Dix a little bit later. So you can check out that stuff at PackersWire.com. And you can also follow me at Twitter at Jack Wepford. Sounds good. We're going to send our listeners there. Jack, thanks so much for talking to us. Take care. All right. All right, thanks, Brian. Take care. Thank you. That's Jack Wepfer of the Packers Wire, once again, part of the USA Today Network. Thanks to him for joining us. Thanks to you, the listeners, for joining us. And let's continue on here. It is mailbag time. I've got Ben Hofferman joining me once again. We solicited questions on Twitter from Packers fans. Want to know what's going on with this team? All right, Ben. From Rob King on Twitter. What do you got, Rob? 
Is Josh Jones really more of a liability than Kentrell Bryson coverage? He says, if so, we're in trouble. Are, are the Packers in trouble? More of a liability? Probably not. This reminds me of those conversations you have in middle school and high school where it's like, what would be the worst way to die? Would it die in a fire <laughs> or drowning? And it's like, yeah, I mean, obviously you want to drown. But I think the real reason why McCarthy's not putting him in there is because once you do that, then, like, what do you think about? You know, like, uh, having him on the sidelines is like a little daydream for, for Petten. It's like, oh, that could come through. It's like it's the same reason you never finish that book you're always talking about writing. It's like if you do and it's a dump, then you're, all your dreams are shot. Yeah, I, I personally don't think that, you know, Josh Jones can be any worse. So I, I, I think it's worth taking a look at this point. Um, that, so that touchdown that Allison had when we thought we were back in it and with two minutes left in the, in yeah. the first half, he was the one that allowed that big pass play down the sidelines, and he just, like, ran himself into a pick. It was bad. Yeah. So, like, I, they're both pretty equal and in, equally inept, I think. <laughs> Fire or water? How do you want to die? Yeah, all right. From Michael W. on Twitter, his handle, Dog. Ben, how long will it take Mike Pettin to get this defense gelled? I'm thinking it's going to be about the third round of the 2019 draft. <laughs> I, I, it's, I don't think it's his problem. I think we got a lot of young players that aren't used to playing together. They're kind of – it looked like um, church league basketball, you know, or like, or like any pickup game where you're like self-officiating and you're, you're not really playing defense. You're just kind of holding everyone. They were just uh, – so it, it's not on him. I think it's the, he doesn't have talent right now. Yeah, I, I think there may, might be a ceiling as to how good this defense can be because if they're trotting out there every two, you know, every week, you know, the same two safeties, Clinton Dix and, and, and you know, Kentrell Bryce, how, how much better can this team improve if they're still going with the same, you know, rotation at outside linebackers with Matthew and Perry underachieving and, and the backups there, you know, not providing a whole lot more. I, I hope Reggie Gilbert gets more of a look. But it, it, to go back to safety, you know, I it, it kind of occurred to me, ha-ha Clint Dix seems to be the safety version of B.J. Raji, who both these players had, like, an encouraging rookie season, maybe not great. Then, like, year two, year three, they look like they're destined for stardom. And then they fall off the planet, and, and now, you know, Haha Clinton Dix is looking like he doesn't even deserve to be on the field. I, I mean, he did make the good interception. I will give him credit for that, but it, it seems like the bad's outweighing the good. Yeah. I mean, they're both forgiven that Raji's got a baby face and he, he could <laughs> shake it. And then Haha Clinton Dix, everyone likes saying his name. But so even more similarities. Well, I'll, I'll forgive HaHa Clint Dix if he can help him win a Super Bowl. At least B.J. Raji did that. Fair enough. Uh, from Steve Slaybaugh on Twitter, what's the plan to replace Muhammad Wilkerson? I got this one. Okay, so it's going to be creative cheating. Have you ever <laughs> remember the movie Ladybugs where Rodney Dangerfield employs a boy to play soccer on the girls' team? So instead of feminizing a young Jonathan Brandis, we need to gussy up a hom topper or maybe a backhoe Make it look just like him, green and gold, sleepy eyes. It's good for a second and a half a game. Easy. Yeah, okay. There we go. Done. Uh, <laughs> I think what the Packers are going to do here is you're going to see more playing time for both Dean Lowry and Montrevious Adams. I, I think the bulk of it's going to be Lowry, who you know, you know is 
is going to see maybe a starter's role. Kind of depends what package they're in. But then Montrevious Adams, who's been playing maybe a handful of snaps a game thus far, he's going to start to see his role expand. And he, in his second year, you maybe hope that he can start to uh, grow as a little bit of a player. And this is kind of a door opening for him. Man, reality is so boring. <laughs> the ladybugs thing was much more interesting. Thank you. From Rusty Wise on Twitter, could Aaron Rodgers be part of the problem in that way too often he extends plays holding holding back for way too long without connecting on a big play? I wonder if the offense would run better getting in rhythm with passes coming out quicker. I don't I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put that that blame on Aaron Rodgers. I think like this week he he played poorly, but I don't think it was because he was holding the ball too much and trying to make plays that weren't there. Uh, I think he's still good about making those decisions, and they were making quick passes at times, you know, but he, we've had so much success extending the play, and he's really good at it, even with the hobbled. So I, I, I still want to see him doing that. I, I do think part of the problem or part of this issue is the injury in that he can't extend plays as quickly. So, like, it's just taking more time, which is allowing the rush to, to reach him a little bit more often than it would be if he was healthy. And there are times when you're seeing him with the ball for five, six seconds, someone's got to be open. Like, that's yeah. that's prime time for receivers. I mean, you can't play bump and run. You can't. There's so many things a defender can't do anymore. Like, yeah. you should be open. Yeah. Someone should be open. And there are times where he just simply had to pull a trigger. This is not to give Aaron Rodgers a free pass, but, I mean, we, we can maybe count those on a couple fingers each game, those Ooh, instances. Olivia Wilde. Have we, maybe it's her. <laughs> Danica Patrick? Danica Patrick. Well, no, no, it's, we're still going back. Oh, okay. Danica's great. No, it's uh, Olivia, Olivia Munn. Munn. That's the one. Get, get your celebrities right. Yeah, well, who am I thinking of? Can you just date a normal person, Aaron Rodgers? Can, is that like me that out of it? <laughs> ben is daydreaming right now. All right, from Joe Horn on Twitter. Why are we not using Mercedes Lewis more in the running game? Why are we not using two or three tight end sets when it seems like the only time we get positive yards is in those formations? Oh, this is a perfect question for the Jack Weppers of the world. Like, I'm talking ladybugs. I, I think part of it is we were playing from behind, so we don't have a lot of time to be doing that. we got to go trips wide and do things like that. we really got to be moving the ball and scoring. They want us to be dinking and diving and running tight end sets. But I don't know. I mean, we've, had this, we've asked ourselves this question, it seems like, uh, two of the three weeks, where's Mercedes Lewis? Well, how come he's not bigger in the run game? Yeah. There's got to be something the coaches are seeing that – that we're not privy to I don't know I'll tell you what it wasn't in the run game but the only time I noticed Mercedes Lewis this past game was him giving up big time pressure I can't remember if it ended in a sack or not but it was totally his fault just letting the defender get past him and putting pressure on Aaron Rodgers so uh, that certainly didn't help his cause I re realize you can't be on the field just for passing plays or just for running plays so he's got to put it all together here and, you know, maybe that'll happen, maybe not, but maybe he's getting a little bit old in the tooth, too. Um, ben, from Curtis Polishinsky on Twitter, mm. does this 1-1-1 start, you know, one win, one loss, one tie, uh, continue the trend of McCarthy teams that start slow and finish strong, or is it too early to tell? I think it's, I don't think it's that. I've, in the past, I've felt that promise. I felt like there's a big upside to the teams that we're not living up to. I don't feel as good about this team. 
So I don't think it's, it's, it's following that trend. I feel like we might be playing more to our level this year. But don't, don't, we're, don't expect a bunch of games like week three. I just don't think we're as good. Yeah. Uh, I remember back to 2011, heck, the Packers started at, what was it, 14-0, and 15-0? And then, it, you know, you're, going, you're thinking to yourself, like, undefeated season, they're going to win a second straight Super Bowl. And then they lose, you know, right at the end of the regular season, and they just downturn from there going into the playoffs. So I, I realize more recent seasons have been more like starting slow and getting hot, but it hasn't always been that way under McCarthy. True. Maybe we'll just have a middling one. We'll be lukewarm all year long. I do think this team's going to get better. I don't know how quickly it yeah. is. I, I, I'm glad they're playing the Pills at home this week. I, I'd hate to go into Buffalo this week, particular week. Um, but anyway, uh, from from another question from 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 Twitter, from Cheese Puff 2009, why do the Packers never break their huddle with a loud clap? or break like other teams, this has always bugged me. That's an, it's an interesting uh, thing to be annoyed by. I, I have a feeling that this, I, there's nothing wrong with it, but this might be the kind of person that's tapping the door handle before they leave and making sure the lock's locked like four or six times. You know, but I think maybe it's because you don't want, to, don't want them to know that you're coming. Like Aaron Rodgers, he, he seems to be, have that knack for catching them off sides or catching them substituting. Can't break with the clap. They know you're coming, like a thief in the night. You sneak up there. Green 42, you just whisper it. Yeah, I, I mean, there certainly are a lot of times where they're running a hurry-up offense and they're, you know, they're just trying to get up to the line and, and you know, trying to analyze what the defense is doing to them out there and how they're lining up, and there's just no time for a break. But I realize there are times where they have the traditional huddle and, and then line up. And But Cheese Puff 2009, I, I – you've got to find other things in your life to be concerned about than how the, than are the Packers clapping as they I mean, break it's, their huddle. It's actually kind of healthy to have those like harmless things to be annoyed yeah. by. Cause if you, if you really think about the world too much right now, it could drive you nuts. Yeah. You know, let's just, yeah, let's think about the clapping. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Uh, on to uh, week four Packers versus bills. What, what, yeah, are we looking for this week, Ben? What what is our prediction for the game? What's what's going what's going through your mind? We haven't fixed our government yet. Are we just going right to the season, the week four preview? Yeah, I guess. Okay, I mean, we'll I, jump we, right to it. We need about endless loop of hundreds of hours to fix yeah. the government. I'm, um, I watched the Bills uh, Vikings game, which I would not recommend. That was like watching paint dry. Um, I like the Bills defensive line um, looked dangerous. They were putting a lot of pressure on Kirk Cousins. They were really like uh, digging in, and I, that's what I'm nervous about. If they're getting a lot of pressure on Rodgers, you know, and we're not able to to get anything going, if we if we're forced to go to the run game, if they can bring more people into the box, I, that's what I'm nervous about. And their quarterback, he's young, he's very mobile. Um, I think he could make our defense look silly if he gets out of the pocket, but he's he's prone to mistakes. They had a lot of uh, uh, formation penalties. They're they're really raw on the offensive side. So I think we we should win this game, but I'm I'm nervous because of their defensive line. 
Yeah, I, you know, I watch, I admittedly, and maybe you could chime in because you watched him last week, I watched Josh Allen in college, and he was prone to mistakes there. And, and I'm thinking to myself, boy, I mean, if there's a defense in the NFL that can put this guy in his place, it's going to be the Vikings defense, and it didn't really happen. It it helped that the, they had a short field twice in the first quarter. They got the ball in the 20th thanks to a couple of fumbles, and, the, and they really were playing ahead. And so he didn't have to do much. They really just settled in, and it was just the, the Bills' defense was pitching a shutout for the whole game. That was the, really, the only interesting thing was, is it going to be a shutout? You know, <laughs> I kept trying to wake myself up to see if it was going to be. But, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not sold on him. But he's very athletic, and, and he, he's, he's hungry. I'd like to think this Packers defense could finally, like, lure him into mistakes. I, I think they're waiting to happen for Josh Allen. I'm, I'm hoping and praying this is the week that he, he has, like, three interceptions or something like that. I, I don't know if that – I'm not saying that's going to what happen. What do you got against Josh Allen? Just let maybe, – maybe we can just beat him and he has a good day. <laughs> you know? Fair enough. I'll take a win any form it okay. comes. What a prediction, score prediction, anything like that? Uh, Packers 24-20. I didn't think about this one. I didn't really I'm, – I'm too nervous. I don't like this game. I, I, I'm really down on the Packers right now. I, I, Jack Weffer was talking all intelligent and positive, and that, I, I needed that. <laughs> that was uplifting. And maybe that's our answer to the government, Jack Weffer for president. <laughs> there we go. Kind of sounds like a presidential name, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. What, what's your prediction? I, I, I will absolutely mimic you, like 24-20. Sounds good to me because I, I just think that this Packers team needs time to get better. And, and had this been in Buffalo, maybe I would go the other way. But I, I do think that was a wake-up call because they played so bad this past week. you got to think that they themselves, the Packers, had to look in the mirror and be like, Man, we got to be better than that. I agree. I, I just got myself distracted. Before we go, can we talk about how bad that call was that Adrian Peterson got a touchdown on that? They went back and replayed that run into the end zone. He okay. wasn't even close to being in there. <laughs> no, you're not even, you're not bent out of shape. You're still thinking about the claps too with Cheese Puff 2009. <laughs> Come on, you guys. There's important stuff out there. His head was the only thing over the goal line. That's going to do it for today's episode of Railbird Central. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us. Uh, it, we broadcast every Tuesday night, 8 o'clock p.m. at B-Rock in Madison. Uh, come on out. Uh, we're going to pack the rock oh, yeah. two weekends from now. Oh, get ready. Get ready. You, you, what do you, you, haven't, you know how much Coke I can drink in a day? <laughs> we, we are trying to prepare people two weeks ahead of time. So not the Bills game, but when the Packers play the Lions, two games from now, oh, just we are inviting everybody out to pack Beer Rock for this game, and we're going to get wild in here. Oh, yeah. We're going to watch Stafford throw punts all over, over the field. All I right. love it when that guy just tosses it in the air. <laughs> we're going to remind you again next week, pack the rock when the Packers play the Lions. All right. That's going to do it. Uh, on behalf of Ben Hofferman, I'm Brian Caribou. We'll see you later, everyone, and thanks for listening to Railbird Central. We leave you today with a song called Freaker by the Speaker by Keller Williams on Psy Fidelity Records. Go, Pack, go.